Psalm 29, a psalm of David. Now, before we read this psalm, I want to say that what we have here is a real worship song. <laughs> uh, I know that sounds funny because the book of Psalms, 150 songs, is in theory Israel's hymn book. And, you know, these were the songs that were sung in the temple. But as you go through them, there are a lot of songs that don't seem very song-like. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, how long, O Lord, uh, you know, or deliver me from my enemies. Or, can you imagine singing these types of things in church? But here in Psalm 29, we have a actual singable song. <laughs> and uh, they're all singable songs, but this is more like the type of thing that we would sing in church. So we've got our flavor and our style of songs. And this is a, a singable song from modern perspectives. And if you were going to put an entire song to music, here's one you could try to do that too. Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due to his name. Worship Yahweh in holy array. Yahweh's voice is on the waters. The glory of God thunders, even Yahweh on many waters. Yahweh's voice is powerful. Yahweh's voice is full of majesty. Yahweh's voice breaks the cedars. Yes, Yahweh breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. Yahweh's voice strikes with flashes of lightning. Yahweh's voice shakes the wilderness. Yahweh shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Yahweh's voice makes the deer calve and strips the forest bare. And in the temple, everything says glory. Yahweh sits enthroned at the flood. Yahweh sits as king forever. Yahweh will give strength to his people. Yahweh will bless his people with peace. <laughs> So it's a very praising song. Yahweh is this. Yahweh is this. Yahweh is king. Ascribe to the Lord glory. Yahweh's voice does this. Very strong song of praise. Very worshipful. And it's got a theme. It's got a theme of the voice of Yahweh. And it says that, that phrase seven times. The voice of Yahweh Seven times, let me show you. 29 verse 3, the voice of Yahweh is on the waters. Psalm 29 verse 4, the voice of Jehovah, Yahweh is powerful. Psalm 29 verse 4, the voice of Yahweh is full of majesty. Verse 5, the voice of Yahweh breaks the cedars. Verse 7, the voice of Yahweh cleaves the flames of fire. Verse 8, the voice of Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Verse 9, the voice of Yahweh makes the hinds to calf. Different translation there in my notes to um, what we just read. Now, a very, very, very interesting thing is hiding in this psalm. And uh, we haven't got to Revelation yet, but we will in about a year and a half. <laughs> when we get to Revelation chapter 10, we're going to read about something called the seven thunders. Now, in Revelation 10 verse 3 and 4, there's this well, in Revelation chapter 10, there's this huge, huge angel and one leg stands on the land and one leg stands on the sea and it's got this scroll in its hand. And there's this all this action going on and all of a sudden it 
the book of Revelation says that the voice of seven thunders spoke. So there's this voice, which is called the voice of seven thunders, and it speaks. And then a voice from heaven says, um, write down what the seven thunders have said and seal it up. So whatever it was that those seven thunders said is a secret. We're not allowed to know. And as a result, people have been conjecturing for for 2,000 years what those seven thunders have said. And um, I went on to Cora.com and I typed, you know, into the search bar, seven thunders. There are a lot of unanswered questions about the seven thunders. Well, I'm about to show you something super cool and super interesting and what a, not a lot of people realize is hiding right here in Psalm 29. In verse three, we have uh, the whole psalm, in fact, most of the psalms have got Hebrew parallelism in them. Now, I did describe this in an earlier psalm. Parallelism is where they say the same thing twice, but with different words. So, for example, in the Proverbs, you'll see in Hebrew poetry, the Proverbs are, are an example of Hebrew poetry. They have Proverbs that say things like, A wise son brings joy to his father, a foolish son brings despair to his mother. Now, you might think, that they're saying different things, but no, it's saying the same thing twice with different words. Now, sometimes it's it's just, um, you know, honor the Lord, you know, sometimes it's just li more literally the exact same thing twice, but in that one I just gave an example of, it was saying the same thing, but with opposite words. So a wise son, joy to the father, a foolish son, despair to the mother. So it's kind of like saying the opposite, but it's making the same point. The same point is that if you have a son or a daughter, a child that is wise, it'll make his parents happy. If you have a son that's foolish or a daughter, it'll make his parents miserable. So it's the same point being made, but it's made twice in parallel. And all the Psalms, all the Proverbs, Song of Solomons, all of Job and Ecclesiastes, some other books like um, Nearly every book in the Old Testament's got some parallelism in it, but these books I just mentioned are full of it. And so right here, we've got parallelism all through this psalm in Psalm 29. We have a very, very interesting thing in verse 3. It's Because I told you there are seven times in this psalm where it talks about Yahweh's voice, seven times. And verse 3 is the first one. It says, Yahweh's voice is on the waters the God of glory thunders, even Yahweh on many waters. So the parallel statement, the first statement is that the God's voice is on many waters, but the parallel statement is that God thunders on many waters. So there's a clue there <laughs> that the thunder is God's voice. And how many do we have in this chapter? Seven. So in the book of Revelation, we've got the seven thunders speaking, and, but we the you know the revelator John was told to write it down, seal it up. wasn't allowed to say what it was. But here in Psalm twenty nine we have seven thunders. Super interesting. <laughs> and um, what does it all mean? Well, I think I probably need a lot more time to think about that and and you know read what other people have had to say about it before I say what I think. But I think what that highlights is that there are discoveries to be made in Scripture. Like there are some parts of Scripture, like you would say the seven thunders, you would think, oh, it's a random one-off. 
you know, we'll never know what that means. But sometimes we find that you can discover things through study and through the help of the Holy Spirit because the Bible is such a connected book. So many bits connect with so many other bits and the Lord is speaking all the time. And there's, I wonder if there's no part of the Bible which you can't learn more about if you learn more about the whole rest of the Bible. And this is why you don't just read your Bible only, but you study it. So, for example, if you had a, you know, been reading that in Revelation about the seven thunders and you had typed into your um, BibleGateway.com or Bible program the word thunder and you'd gone and got every verse in the Bible with the word thunder in it, and there's a lot of them, this chapter, Psalm 29, would have come up and if you had looked at that and seen the parallelism, you would have realized, wow, God's thunder is God's voice and there are seven of them here just like that. So through the means of some study, like examining all the references to thunder, you would have learned a lot. And maybe that's still worthwhile doing. So, um, you know, I, have, I, I was reading Psalm 29. After I discovered that I did read Psalm 29, I went back and read Psalm, um, Revelation chapter 10 again, and I have a hunch what, it's, what the seven thunders may have said. <laughs> it's just a hunch. I'd like to read and think a bit more about it before I say but I just want to finish this chapter by making a comment. When the children of Israel went into Canaan, you know, with Joshua, the land of Canaan was full of the Canaanites, the Jebusites, those, all those different tribes, and they worshipped a god called Baal. Baal was known as the god of thunder. But in this chapter, Psalm 29, God reveals that he is the god of thunder. So this song is, 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 was written to be sung in the temple and the musicians and all the people worship God and sung this song in the temple. And it's a genuinely worshipful song and they were declaring that the Lord is the Lord of all, including the God of thunder. And they were undermining um, the, the Canaanite gods in a very serious way. Many, many years ago, I went to um, Bar Calden with some other believers and we went to pray for rain. This is the year 2002. There had been a terrible drought. It had been the worst drought in 100 years. And um, I wrote a book called Sermons on the Mount and this story is in there. And, um, but that, that particular night in Bar Calden, we had, we'd gone there to pray for rain. We'd had some answers to prayer for rain in Mount Morgan where I was at the time. And we decided to go and visit Barcald and then some other places to pray for rain. That night, we started our prayer service with this song, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed, then sings my soul. Uh, and so it's a great, great hymn of the church. And it's, it's a hymn with very many of the similar ideas to what we've just read in Psalm 29. A song singing about how glorious God is, how grand. When the storms roll in with the clouds and the thunder and the lightning, we look at that, we acknowledge we have a powerful God. And we do. And so that night, as we started singing that song, we didn't even get to pray the first prayer. <laughs> but the rain came and it was so loud. <laughs> On the roof of that building, it was so loud you could hardly hear the song. And that is an example of God answering prayer before it's even prayed. Now, we still prayed the prayer, but the Bible says, before you call, I will answer. And our God is a time-traveling God. He can, he, 
He hears our prayers before we even pray them and he knows how to answer. He is a marvellous God. Lord, thank you for Psalm 29 and the voice of the seven thunders. Thank you that you're the God of glory and the God of thunder and the God of grandeur. And I thank you that you hear our prayers and you answer them and we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen.